What's going on? And welcome to another episode of the Mike Janella Show. It is my 33rd podcast episode. Hopefully it won't be my last. And joining me this week, I am surprised. I am honored. It's a pleasure to have this man because he think he is, for my money, I think the hardest working, busiest man in San Diego sports. It's the one and only Ben Higgins. Ben, what's happening? Hey, Mike. 33. Good number. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I'm feeling really tall. Yeah, Larry Bird. I mean, 33, you could do a lot worse than 33. You're an East Coast guy, so you're Celtics. I'm a West Coast guy, so I'm Lakers. There we go. Yeah, so we have it covered on both ends. So I think we're we're good either way. Although I I can't be that busy, though. I have time to talk to you, right? So obviously, (laughs) I'm no longer the busiest person in San Diego sports. Oh, Ben, you're supposed (laughs) to say, Mike, I'm so busy, but I still made time for you. You have to hype me up, not uh, literally. That's actually true. I had to like clear my schedule to carve out a few minutes just to chat with you so oh. you feel honored if you want oh i do i appreciate it so much uh no it's ben higgins for those of you who are not familiar although if you follow me at all online uh you in the san diego area i'm certain you've either come across ben or some stuff he's done uh primarily sports director over at abc 10 news but a million other things that we'll get into very shortly uh but ben the way i start every show is by asking the person that's on what the best thing that happened to them this past week was. Because I like to start on a on the right foot. So tell me, Ben, the last seven days, what's the best thing that happened to you? The best thing that happened to me in the past seven days was uh, we had a phenomenal, phenomenal telethon here at our 10 News Studios. Our month of a million meals is underway, and basically what it is is the station collects donations, and it's amazing. It's Feeding San Diego's the organization. Every dollar provides four meals for San Diego, uh, people in need who are hungry, uh, you know, families of military members, single moms, not just like homeless people, but there's a lot of people who are hungry in San Diego. So uh, last week we had this huge telethon uh, where celebrities like the Chicken and <laughs> Boltman and – People from the Padres and the Chargers came in studio and people called in just like the old Jerry Lewis style. And we raised over 150,000 meals that day alone. And we are well on to our goal of a month of a million meals. But we did a, we did one of those mannequin challenges with all the celebrities that I got to be a part of. Really a chance to feel good during the holiday season and have a bunch of fun. So I, I call that the best thing that's happened to me in the last week. That's awesome. And people have answered this before where it's like, I had a really good meal or I went to the bar and had a good night. But you, selfless man that you are, were able to to help uh, lots of others. No, it's a great cause. And I did see some of that online as well. So uh, great work by you guys. I definitely tip my cap to you for that one. And um, you can go to 10news.com uh, slash month of a million meals if you want to donate. Just throw that out there to all your listeners. Maybe we'll Raise a few more uh, meals out there. I love it. I love it. It's a good plug. Like I said, selfless. This is altruistic. It's that time of the year. I'm all for it, Ben. Um, all right. So I, I alluded to, obviously, uh, a 10 News. That's kind of, I, I would assume, maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong. That's uh, that's your calling card. That's your flagship of the Ben Higgins brand. But just quickly, so I don't miss anything or the listeners don't miss anything, just give me a list of all the stuff you do, all the jobs, the responsibilities, uh, everything that you appear on, that you work on, because I can say it, but until someone actually kind of, I think, itemizes it, may not realize just how many uh, pots you have your spoons in. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, start with, like you said, 10 News, where I'm a sports director, which means I'm in charge of the sports department, and I anchor our sports news five nights a week. I also host our Valley View Casino and Hotel Sports Extra Show on Sunday night, which is a 15-minute 
program after the 11 o'clock news where I have guests in and do highlights and things like that. Uh, we have a weekly web show about the Chargers that I host at Channel 10 called Bolts on Tap that we do uh, down at Social Tap uh, on Mondays. Uh, so each week we talk about the Chargers on Facebook Live for 30 minutes. I am a radio host. I fill in uh, mornings and afternoons occasionally on the Mighty 1090 as a talk show host. I also did pre- and post-game for Padres radio broadcasts on 1090 on Fridays and Saturdays throughout the baseball season during the year. Um, And then, uh, of course, I was a guest on your Padres Social Hour show uh, for the past three years. Uh, And I think that's most of my jobs right now but i'm always you know open if someone wants to call and add another one to the list (laughs) that social hour i heard it was a hell of a show gone too soon yeah they should really bring something like that back well no (laughs) could you also don't you you're on some podcasts as well i feel like you're leaving uh, stuff out podcast podcast for the chargers uh with john Gennaro. um we do that try to at least try to do that once a week if we can um so and then i I've guessed it on other podcasts as well. See, you keep track of it better than I do. I can't even, <laughs> if I didn't have my phone calendar, I would be completely lost. Yeah. You just show up wherever Siri tells you to be and when, right? Um, <laughs> I counted at least a half a dozen different things you got there. So uh, I, I guess the question is how do you divvy up the pie and the, and the concentration and the dedication? Because being a sports director at a place like San Diego and you know, it's a big town, this is a big market. So a lot of people I think would be, either content or maxed out at doing just that, but you do have everything else going on. So how would you divvy up sort of each obligation, I guess, if you were to give out uh, percentages out of 100? How would you divvy up that pie in your mind? Well, let's see. I, I can give the athlete cliche answer and say, hey, I gave 100% to all of it all of the time. <laughs> Get out right? of here, man. Of course. <laughs> uh, I, well, I will say this. They are complementary jobs. Mm-hmm. When I'm doing one, I'm helping others along the way like when i am doing my channel 10 sports casts and putting together the information that i need i'm gaining the knowledge that i would need to do a talk show or when i'm down at the padres doing radio in the summer i'm gaining contacts and information that i can use back at channel 10 in my other job or when i'm talking chargers on my bolts on tap show uh, that feeds right in with the squad cast podcast and with my Sunday night show because we talk a lot of chargers on Sunday night. So it all kind of works together. So I don't ever think of it as like I do 70% TV and 15% podcasts and 15% radios. I just kind of do a hundred percent media and then try to just show up. Like you said, when, when Siri tells me to be where and try to schedule as much time that I need during the day to accomplish it all and hopefully still see my wife and kids every once in a while too. Right. Oh, yeah. The wife and the two kids. And I remember there was a, a certain point during the baseball season when you were on an episode of Social Hour. And I think you had said she was keeping track and you'd been working like, was it 38 straight days or something like that? And sometimes you just probably forget what the what the family looks like, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, you know, and and especially during baseball season, since my TV schedule is generally Sunday to Thursday and I was doing Friday, Saturdays radio for baseball. Uh, there really was no off days because uh, that was just week after week after week. Um, but, you know, it, it's also not a bad schedule because in TV, I work from like three to midnight or so, which means I get to spend some time with the kids in the morning. I usually make the lunches and take them to school. So I definitely get to see them part of the day. And then, uh, you know, my wife luckily gets to stay at home. So we can have lunch at home together or run some errands together in the morning and spend some quality time together that way before I 
head out. I would say most of my media work, occasionally I have to go in early, you know, in the morning and do some stuff, but most of my media work takes place from noon to midnight, which, which leaves those mornings free. And luckily I'm a, I can get by with about four and a half, five hours of sleep a night. So that, that works out well for me. Well, that's one of the big advantages, right? You always hear about anyone that does a lot of different stuff, whether it's a Ryan Seacrest all the way down to uh, like a you or me. And or I wouldn't say me because I'm not this way, but needing sleep or, or lack thereof is a huge uh, biological advantage to succeed professionally. So the fact you only need four or five hours, uh, it definitely bodes well for you, Ben. So it kind of it was a curiosity of mine. You mentioned very briefly sort of midnight to midnight or three to midnight is kind of your thing. Take me through, and I want specific details here because it's easy to just shrug it off as being oh, just a day in the life or whatever, but like a week. Say that Chargers home game on a Sunday and there's maybe a, an Aztecs basketball game or something on a weeknight. What's your the daily schedule like, the wake up, the go to bed? How often are you at the studios? Are you racing around? Take me Monday through Sunday in your life just so people get an idea of what uh, the commitments are like time-wise, location-wise, uh, for all that you do. All right, uh, let's let's start Monday morning. I will get up uh, probably about 6.30 because that's when the kids get up and uh, make breakfast, make lunches, take them to school. Uh, I will take my two dogs on a quick two-mile walk because uh, if they don't get their walk, they're going to be terrors all day long. So I get that done, and then around 9.30, I generally head into the studio because Monday is one of my early days. Uh, I will appear on our 10 News midday show at 11 o'clock uh, to talk about the Chargers usually and to promote my Bolts on Tap show at 12.30. So after I do that about 11.45, I head on downtown, uh, set up, do that show from 12.30 to 1, maybe have a little lunch. Uh, today, of course, I've come back to the studio to talk to you on the Mike Janella Show. Much appreciated. Uh, also, uh, to handle some of the paperwork that is involved with being employed in the 21st century, like our year-end reviews are coming up and oh, have to yeah. get through all that stuff. So that gives me a couple hours on Monday to work on that. Um, I will also uh, usually have a photographer out getting like chargers sound on a Monday so I can have new stuff. I will be in our five o'clock newscast. So as soon as I'm done talking to you on a Monday, I will start putting together a report for five on the chargers and then a more general sports cast for our six o'clock show. And then after that is done, uh, depending on whether I have a backup or not, sometimes I'll go home early on Mondays. Other nights like uh, tonight, I think I stick around and for the 11 o'clock show, so if there's a game or, or something, maybe I'll go down to it tonight. I don't think there's a big game, so I'll probably continue that paperwork for a little while and then work on putting together the 11 o'clock show. I don't have a producer. Sometimes uh, people in television in my job will have a producer uh, to help them out. But I do my own editing and writing and putting together of my shows. So wow. I'm kind of always flipping through, trying to figure out what's the biggest sports stories in San Diego so I can – choose my rundown of stories and then figure out how I want to present it and edit and write and then choose sound bites from the people involved. So that's kind of an ongoing process through the night. And that'll take us through the 1130 news and kind of wrap it all up and usually home around 1215 when I take an hour to myself and have a midnight snack and watch something on the DVR before I go to bed. Uh, recently, it's been Westworld which uh, now I'm done with the first season. Don't so. spoil it. I haven't seen the finale yet. I'm probably going to watch it, it right after we're done speaking. So it's stay up late, extra late last night because it's an extra long finale. So, and then kind of you go through the week and uh, the days are similar. Tuesday, 
Uh, generally, morning will be fairly quiet with the routine, and then I'll go in around 2.30 or 3, uh, do my regular TV stuff. There's uh, college basketball seasons coming up, so uh, Chargers are off on Tuesdays, but I will sometimes go down to the basketball game in between my 7 and 11 o'clock shifts. Um, on Wednesday usually is when I do podcasting, so I'll go in a little early around 1 to 2, um, either go to Chargers Park and then do our Squadcast podcast with John before I go into the TV station at 3 and repeat the whole process of the TVing uh, in the evening. Uh, Thursday is a television day. You know, fortunately, like this week, I don't have radio, but a couple of weeks ago, I was filling in three straight days on the morning show. So that kind of throws everything out in the window. Then I'm getting up at like 4.30 in the morning, coming in, doing a radio show, then going home and starting my day over and just getting three hours of sleep instead of four and a half. But didn't have that this week. So we won't throw that in. Okay. Uh, Fridays and Saturdays, at least during football season, are generally my days off. So hopefully some family time. We did a we did movie day on Saturday. We went to see Moana with the kids, which Very was a cool. Cool, cool Disney flick. Um, uh, night out with the wife. Went out for dinner on Friday night to a cool place uh, kind of by El Indio called uh, Wine Vault and Bistro, one of our favorite restaurants, and went out with uh, brother-in-law and his wife and had a really good time. So that was kind of the adult night. And then Sunday was a home Chargers game, so that's a work day for me. And I got to the stadium around 1130 I go in, you know, kind of live tweet during the game for the first part. And then generally I don't get to stay for the whole game because, like I said, I don't have a producer. So I head back to the station so I can start editing highlights for our 5 o'clock news. I get all that done. And then I have a guest who usually comes in on Sunday uh, for my late show. I will tape that around 6.30 or 7, uh, put that in. And then I have a big that 15-minute show that i got to add all our chargers and other sports content to. Put it all together. Sunday night, wrap it up around 11.45, head home, and, and start that process again. So uh, that was a long answer, but I guess it's a long week sometimes. So that's I was what you get say. when you ask a question like that, Mike. <laughs> that's what I was expecting. I'm just happy for your sake that you are able to get in some Moana time and a date night with the missus and all that stuff because all work and no play makes makes Ben a dull boy. I'm yeah, sure. I mean, you know, life wouldn't be worth living if you didn't have some of that fun stuff and family time to go along with it. So I always make sure that, there's at least some of that in there. Now, obviously, there's the occasional week, you know, if you have to travel or anything, that just kind of everything gets thrown out the window. But, uh, yeah, mostly that's my schedule on a week-to-week basis. Yeah. Now, why do you do so many things? And I have my certain theories as to what may drive you to do as much as you possibly do. But if I were to ask you that, why would you say you put so much on your plate? Why do you take so much on professionally? Well, Mike, I, I would think that you know as well as anyone that, when you work in television and radio, especially sports, TV, and radio, I don't think there's anything guaranteed. There's a lot of people who want to get into this business, and there's not that many opportunities. So whenever I get one, my default answer is always yes. Sometimes it's just impossible, and I have to change that answer to no. But generally, when an opportunity presents itself, I try to figure out a way that I can say yes to just about everything, because who knows when the next opportunity will come around. Um, you know, I had a, a morning radio talk show for four years on 1360, but like all things, you know, it comes to an end at some point and, you know, you realize that, you know, when those opportunities come around, you work really hard for those, especially four years were crazy. And then, you know, then your schedule's a little different, but then something else like the Padres radio comes along and 
I always, you know, take, take that opportunity. So when you're in a business that's competitive and fun and people want to be in it, uh, my policy is always yes is the right answer when someone asks you if you want to do something. Yeah, you can always go back and say it's just not working, right? But if you just say exactly. no from the, from the get-go, then you're turning that faucet off. Exactly. So, and I imagine, too, that it's – you because know, if I was in your shoes, I would imagine it's because I get to flex a lot of different muscles as well. Because you – delivering the sports cast at 6 or 11, I'm sure you do that one way to cater to a specific audience, whereas a podcast is going to be an entirely different audience, uh, you would think, in terms of demographics and the kinds of people that – tune into those separate things. Is that true or am I just projecting my, my own sense of, of what I would be doing on you? No, very much true. I mean, I, you know, I cannot get into the real nuts and bolts of a Chargers strategies, you know, what's going on behind the scenes with the team in a two-minute sportscast on television. That's got to be more the big picture, you know, the top story issue soundbite. And, you know, that's, that's all I have time for. And while I think that's important and you're kind of speaking to an older audience on television, you know, you're talking to more diehard Chargers fans when you're doing a podcast or when you're doing a radio pregame show. You're you're talking to people who are on their way to a baseball game and want to be prepared for what they're going to watch. So, yeah, it's a really different feeling. I, I love television. You know, it's what I do. I would say that's my main gig, as you said. But radio can be so much fun because it's so freewheeling and you've got so much time uh, to expand on ideas and have real discussions and interact with callers and people on social media that you don't get the opportunity to do so on television, but I do get, you know, on my Facebook show. So yeah, absolutely. Getting to, you know, have a different taste of both topic and audience and interaction is a big reason why it's fun to do a wide variety of things as opposed to the same thing over and over. Is part of this at all, not to get all chicken little sky is falling, but Obviously, you know, TV news, a lot of people just don't get their sports from the newscast anymore. It's Sports Center or it's the internet or it's on your phone directly. And do you feel like some of this is maybe uh, just making you better equipped for being a modern journalist as opposed to, like you say, just an older audience that'll kind of tune in for those two minutes a couple times a night? You know, I, I, I think there was a certain point, and we've kind of passed it, uh, that you know, people get their sports news from Sports Center or whatever, which is true. But I don't, what I do at Channel 10 to me is completely different from what they're doing. You probably won't see anything other than maybe a Chargers highlight on Channel 10 that you'd see on ESPN. So I feel like I'm providing a completely different service. It's so local focused generally. I mean, unless it's an amazing piece of video, you know, I'm not looking for out of town highlights. I'm looking for mostly you know, San Diego centric. We do a big high school football feature each week, the pro treatment that we've been doing all year, um, where we focus on one team each week, all the way through the week, right up to their game on Friday. That's been a whole lot of fun this season. I've got to go out to some of those uh, high school football practices in the afternoon this year and meet some of the coaches and players. So that's been really cool, but you're not going to get that, you know, anywhere else. That's not the sports news that you get on your phone or by turning on cable television. So you know, my idea is that we provide something essential and different that would be welcomed by a local audience, you know, not necessarily catering just to a sports fan who's going to flip on Scott Van Pelt, who I love and is fantastic at the end of the night. I watch it, too, but that's not what I do. Good answer. Um, all right, Ben, let's talk a little bit about the journey to how you got here, because that's a big thing of why I like doing this show is – uh, people getting to learn about how someone got to where they are. And I think yours for being in 
TV sports is very unique because you're from here. You know, you grew up here in San Diego. You didn't go far for college. You came back and you've been able to have success sort of in your hometown market. And it's not like you grew up in market 178 in the middle of Idaho or something. Like this is a primetime sports spot. Was that always kind of the dream or the plan or did you just really luck out? Uh, probably more of the latter than the former. I mean, my my path to where I am on television is is certainly a bizarre one. None of the people I work with at 10 News had the path that I did, basically staying in their hometown and getting their first TV job in their hometown. Uh, my, my coworker, Steve Smith, who's our other sports anchor and reporter, is also from San Diego, grew up, went to Granite Hills High School, but had to go through the more traditional TV path. I think he worked in Redding, California, Bemidji, Minnesota, <laughs> Kalamazoo, Michigan, and maybe a couple of other places before finally getting to come back. Right. That's the normal and, way to do it. That's yeah, the standard way to do it. You, know, you move from market 280 to 200 to 170 to 80 to finally up here around 30 where San Diego is. I took a very different path. And, you know, I went to college in the Los Angeles area at Pomona College um, and was studying pre-law was thinking, going to do my LSATs and go to law school, probably. But I didn't have an enormous passion for it. I kind of enjoyed the classes, but I wasn't sure what I wanted to do with that. Uh, but I always did kind of just like the idea of radio. I was an avid sports talk radio listener. Um, I had the opportunity both in high school and college to be the announcer for our, our teams, the public address announcer, the guy at the arena who does the lineups and everything. I guess I just like hearing the sound of my own voice. And it was a great part-time job in college, going to a smaller Division three school. I remember the first week I went in, and I actually had a class. It was a freshman seminar that happened to be taught by the athletic director. So I thought, oh, this is a great way to kind of get in. And um, like second class, I said to him, you know, I did some public address announce for our high school basketball team and would love to have an opportunity to to continue that if you need someone, you know, maybe – I could do some women's basketball or whatever, just get my foot in the door later this year. And, you know, I'm expecting him to say, well, you know, we'll keep you in mind. We'll give you a call if we, you know, anything opens up. And his answer to me was first football games on Saturday. Great. <laughs> I go, really? That's it? That's the interview process? Yeah. So from that day forward, I was the voice of the Pomona Pitzer Sage Chins. I did football. I did men's and women's basketball. I did women's volleyball. I did soccer games. I did swim meets track meets, baseball games, all season long. You know, I was like getting like $7 an hour to do it. But, you know, enough games during the week that it was a good little pocket money during school and got to practice my voice and be comfortable in front of an audience and speaking. So having done that, when I got to my junior year, uh, I had an opportunity to come back and intern at Extra Sports 690, which was the big radio station in Southern California at the time. I knew uh, Coach John Quintero, who was the host of the night show. He was a Torrey Pines guy like I was and uh, had given me some baseball lessons way back when. So he got me in as a kind of an intern, spent the summer there learning about radio, graduated from school, wasn't sure what I was going to do. So I came back home, went back to the radio station. They were glad to have me and I uh, got hired within the first month or so to produce a new show at night, sports highlights, kind of like a sports center on the radio. And all of a sudden, you know, kind of one thing led to another, got an opportunity to start doing updates on air and then filling in on weekends and night shows. And then after like a year and a half, uh, Craig Elston and I were invited to 
uh, move over to Kogo 600 and start hosting the Padres pre and post game shows. And then all of a sudden it's like a career. Uh, you know, I, I did that for, I couldn't say no, because that was such a cool thing. I'm a big Padres fan and get to be like 23 year old, three years old and be the radio host. So did that. And then after four years, we lost the radio contract and I was kind of out of a job. And just at that very moment, um, a former colleague of mine at the radio station named Julie Brownman, who had gone on to work at Channel 10, called me and said, hey, we need someone to fill in at the TV station. I thought a radio person would be great, just like once a month or so when we need a vacation break. So I started doing that. And then like six months later, she got a job back in her hometown in Denver and I had my foot in the door. And all of a sudden I was taking her place as the weekend sports anchor. Cool. Uh, and then I was here for like two years when our main sports director left. And that was in the time when TV was really kind of contracting and they weren't hiring a lot of people when people left because they were cutting budgets. So I slid into the sports director position in 2006 and have been there ever since. So yeah, very long winded and odd path to become the sports director at a pretty large market ABC television station. How about that? Well, there you go. The Ben Higgins manual for success. Uh, follow it. <laughs> Try to paint, it. by the numbers. <laughs> was there ever, was there ever an inkling for you or an itch to, that you, you look back and you're like, man, I wish I could have had that experience of, you know, market 280 as a young, like scrapping out of college person or any other city you'd ever want to maybe just live in for a couple of years? Or have you been happy here the whole time? It's San Diego, Mike. Uh, yeah, it's fun. Why, I have why to would everyone leave? I, I gotta mean, ask. I gotta I ask. Will say, I will say that my wife and I, and she's been great. We have always been prepared for the great adventure. You know, if I got a great job offer in another city, I would definitely consider it because we are ready. The family, the kids, we are just like packed up and ready for it. And it's just kind of never come. I've always had a good, uh, good thing going here, and nothing better has you know, ever presented itself that would make me want to leave a great situation. I mean, it's, you know, not only is it my hometown, but, you know, I, I know the team so well. I've covered them for so long. I feel like I have a lot of stuff to bring to the table in San Diego that I wonder if I ever went somewhere else, would I have that same, mm, you yeah, know, it's, it's fair. cash of knowledge to bring somewhere else? Not that I wouldn't try it. I, I mean, I think I could be successful elsewhere and like I said, I, I would I would do it for the right opportunity and we'd go on that adventure and, you know, maybe we'd come back someday. But for now, I'm here and I'm not going to cry about it because I'm in America's finest city with great weather where my family lives and my wife's family lives. And it's just kind of perfect. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm just doing my journalistic duty to bring sure, that possibility sure. up. That's all. <laughs> um, so now I'm pulling... I'm pulling dates here from your bio online uh, to kind of give some mile markers to the story you just told about how you got from, uh, you know, school to where you are now. And so 1997 sounds like the, the start of your radio career. And then uh, 10 News says you joined them in 2002. So let's go with those years for uh, the sake of this next question. Give me your favorite thing that's different or that's changed about sports media working in it now versus then. So you look back at when you started versus now. What do you love that the most about what's different today? Now, I like that your question is a positive one because most people would ask that question, question negatively. Like, what's worse about sports media? Because there is a lot that's not as good. I mean, when I first started, we had a full-time photographer, a part-time photographer, a full-time producer, two anchors, and a fill-in reporter and anchor, which was my position. 
Now our entire sports department consists of basically two people. <laughs> so yeah, you, know, you, have times. To, you have to work a lot harder, basically, uh, to get the same amount of material that you did back then doing it now. Now, technology has improved vastly. I mean, I can edit so much faster. You know, that old tape, to, we were still on tape to tape when I started. I mean, what a process that was just to put together a 30-second VO. Much yeah, less the linear. Than, I don't know if people, because I was in college and they were still teaching us on those while also doing nonlinear editing, uh, you know, digitally at the time, just starting it. And I don't think people realize, uh, Ben, what these monstrosities were, these old analog tape-to-tape editing machines that you had to work with because they were they were a pain in the ass oh they were so so bad i mean just straight cuts took long enough but if you want to do a package with like dissolves and effects i mean you're talking it's an all-day process just to put something together like that so the technology has gotten so much better and allows us to do the work that we have with a much smaller department so i i like that but i think what i really like the most is how it's now a two-way street and it's not just you know, me getting on television and talking about the news. I have, you know, 10,000 Twitter followers who interact with me and, you know, can comment on what I'm talking about. And there's a running commentary all day long. It's not just the, the two minutes I'm on television and then that's it, you know, end of story. It's a, it's a constantly evolving and continuing dialogue with the people that you're speaking to, your viewers, your social media followers. And I, I love that part of it. I mean, I know some people, you know, warn about social media and the dangers and you can't get caught up with it. I I love Twitter. I'm a Twitter person more than any of the other social media and I am I wouldn't say I'm addicted, but it's <laughs> it's where I get my information. I a lot of people use Twitter and they they send out tweets and it's like, "Oh, and people follow them." I do more following of other people. You know, I carefully select the people I follow, if you're not adding to my timeline information or insight or humor or something that I get, I'm not going to follow you. I don't follow people just so they'll follow me back. Um, you know, it's if you if you made my timeline, it's because I think you have value on there because that's where I get my news. And I feel like I'm ahead of some of the competition. I mean, I, I would say and nothing against any of the other TV stations. But I would say that I get things earlier than other people just by following closely on social media uh, before it, you know, filters down to everyone else. Since I'm on there so much, uh, you know, we can get stories out a little bit quicker. Uh, I think everyone's kind of catching up on that now. But uh, for the last few years, I've always kind of feel like I've been a little dialed in a little quicker than anyone else just because I've used Twitter as, as such an important part of my daily job. So I think that's been my favorite part, the development of sports media over the years, Twitter. I'm, I have a Ben Higgins follow and I know I don't give anything of value. So I must have snuck in between the cracks or something I, that now I'm honored. That's the honored part of this podcast. Well, I mean, yeah. someone needs to keep me updated on all the wrestling. Yes, knowledge yes. That I, lack, so. <laughs> I cover your blind spot for you there. <laughs> um, so I, you brought it up. So I'm going to have to ask now, flip the coin. So what's your least favorite thing that's changed? Uh, you know, if there was one thing you wish that was still done the way it used to be done or was is the way it used to be. What would you make that? Um, I when we first started, I got to go cover events, you know, where they happened. We would go to Chargers games in other cities and we get to be there. And I, I feel like there's a real value to that, uh, to be on scene. But it's just in, in this day and age, it's often too expensive to do a lot of that travel. So we've cut so far back 
on doing that. And I love going, seeing other cities and other stadiums. So I, you know, not that I want to be on the road 300 days of the year, but I would love to be able to do it a little bit more. And I would say if I had one thing that I regret, it's like, oh, I wish we still had that. When back just even like eight years ago, I went with the Chargers to London and we went to a game in Buffalo. And, uh, you know, I got to see some of the different places that I, I would have never gotten an opportunity. But now it takes a really big event, playoffs or or something big like the Little League World Series to, to get me out of town. So um, that that's what I miss the most. And I wish uh, I wish we still had the vast budgets for travel from before that, that they used to have in television. I think a lot of people and a lot of jobs are saying amen to that because, yeah, budgets are not nearly what they used to be. Everything from holiday parties to being able to travel to cover stuff. I feel like that's definitely a bit of a pinch that people are in. Um, What's a holiday party, Mike? <laughs> so I was reading stories that used to do these things back in the day where they would like have open bars for employees and like do gift exchanges at the end of the year. It was crazy. Uh, it sounds like a fairy tale to me. Yeah, yeah. Some Game of Thrones type uh, lore <laughs> and legend. Um, all right, Ben. Uh, I, I can't let you go without bringing up, and I'm sure you've put this well in the past, but there, it's going to be starting again soon. Uh, the whole Bachelor thing, which you went through, uh, was it two years ago now? Yeah, uh, well, about a year and a half. A year and a half. So it, the bachelor... It's ongoing. I mean, it started like almost maybe two and a half years ago when Ben Higgins appeared on The Bachelorette as one of the contestants. And then it really hit its stride when he became The Bachelor and was the focus of the entire series of the show. And now he's got another uh, like follow-up show, Ben and Lauren Happily Ever After on whatever they call ABC Family now. You Freeform. probably know. I knew you'd know. I knew you'd know the answer to that. I can never remember it. But so I, I'm getting some new ones uh, lately as well from that. So yeah, you know, it's it's fun to have the same name as someone who's now more famous than you and has co-opted your your name forever, basically. Give me give me the. We won't spend too much time on this, but I know you've said on on record before you would get like marriage proposals or people that would be yelling at you during an episode of The Bachelor, thinking you were. Ben Higgins, the bachelor, and you're not, give me the craziest, like the one specific story of the, the weirdest encounter or the craziest person to reach out to you. What was the wildest thing that, that came out of that uh, mistaken identity type or shared identity, I guess, situation? Well, it was so positive for so long because Ben was like, I mean, he was really popular. Everyone loved him on the bachelor at, especially when he got rejected and it was nothing but sympathy and you know girls just wanting to comfort you and console you and that was really nice and then he was the bachelor and he still had that following and for many weeks you know he remained extremely popular and then you get near the end and he has to start cutting you know favorites and then the claws come out (laughs) it started getting vicious and i can only imagine what he got because i got some serious angry people tweeting at me and questioning my manhood size and things like that it's, you know it's like oh wow if i'm getting this i wonder what he's getting so it got a little crazy right at the end but since it wasn't me i could have you know it was kind of all in good fun because i knew it wasn't actually directed at me so everything right. just came kind of with a smile for me oh that's so great uh so much fun now if you yeah if you google anyone interested ben higgins uh san diego ben higgins bachelor you guys talked to each other once i saw on, on abc yeah, 10, i interviewed so him once uh, for channel 10 since it was yeah. an abc show and he occasionally interacts with me on social media. He stoops down to my level. He's got a little <laughs> more followers. 
everything that I do. But I can't be anything but thankful. I, I'm sure I picked up like 2,000 extra Twitter followers just because of the confusion. So oh, I'm great. taking it and just calling it a win. That's so good. Um, all right, Ben, we will let you get out of here in a little bit. And we always end with the fun five, which are five quick, fun questions designed for you and you alone. But first, if you want, I offer the opportunity to all my guests to turn the tables and ask me any one question they'd like. Would you like to take that opportunity? Yes, Mike. Fire away. Honestly. Honestly. Be honest. That's the only way I ever am. How old are you? Really? How old are you? (laughs) 31 years old. I just can't believe it. I know you keep saying that, but you don't look older than like 20. I just, I can't believe it. Well, that's good, right? Because I (laughs) I guess so. Yeah. It's, yeah, you know. I try. It's good for the long term. When you're trying to probably... Make your way in a you know radio and television business. You, you probably get the questions like, "Is he really old enough?" and "Does he have the right look to, you know, be serious enough to do this?" So that, I, that is true. Yeah, I have some sympathy for you on that. And I appreciate that, and it has come up before. People in certain jobs have thought I've you know lacked a certain gravitas or whatever because of my look. So uh, it certainly has. Yeah, cost me. I'm sure a couple times, even sometimes I'm probably not even aware of. But uh, yeah, in the end, I think I would take that over. You know. The, the opposite. So I'll take it. I'll keep moisturizing I mean, like and within doing a decade where, I mean, you know, it's amazing. It, if you, if you'd have to age like 40 years to get to where I am right now, we're like oh, just please. a decade apart. Please. <laughs> Again, you're selling yourself short, being too modest, but um, yeah, it's good genetics. That's what I'll, I'll give my mom and dad some credit for that. Um, all right, cool, Ben. Time now for the fun five. Like I said, these are five quick fun questions that I pick for you and you alone. Um, I would be remiss if I didn't talk a little bit of Chargers, but I don't want to cannibalize. You guys do your podcast, and I'm sure that all of your opinions can be discussed at length, and the people can find them, and I'll let you plug your stuff at the end. But first question, they just announced last week that, or I think it was Jim Trotter on ESPN said it looks like they're probably gone. So question one, just give me a 30-second take on the Chargers situation. Don't go too deep into it, but give me your, your sort of top-line notes on where we stand right now in San Diego with the Bolts. I think Chargers fans certainly have reason to be nervous. Uh, There's a a good chance the team will just throw their hands up the air in the San Diego and say our only opportunity is to move to Los Angeles. I know the report came out. I hear other reports. I hear other, not just rumors, but people who know that continue to say no decision has been made. Dean really wants to stay in San Diego. They're looking for a reason to do so. They're going to be meeting with business leaders and the mayor and other politicians in San Diego this week. I don't think they'd be doing that if they, they didn't want to at least try something. If they, to be honest, Mike, if the chargers just wanted to move to LA and I get that from a lot of people who say, Hey, this has all been just a a scheme to try to move to Los Angeles. They could have done it uh, many years ago. I don't think the NFL would have stopped them, but they haven't gone because they'd rather find a solution here. Maybe there isn't one and they have to leave and and that could happen in the next few months. But I'm hoping that everyone can come together and, you know, enough good ideas can get onto the table that, you know, the NFL thinks it's worthwhile for the Chargers to continue to try and stay here. Um, You know, hopefully the Raiders continue to pursue Las Vegas to keep the Chargers from feeling boxed in between a decision they have to make now as opposed to maybe having some more time to work in San Diego and I remain hopeful uh, that a solution will still present itself to keep the team here rather than up in LA. 
All right, that was a minute and 30 seconds, but I'm a nice guy, so I'm going to let it slide. Did you uh, say 30 seconds? Yeah, yeah, oh, you must have misheard. Seconds. We'll okay. blame Skype. We'll blame Skype. Okay, that uh, was fun. So question 1A, yes or no, a year, it comes September, opening day, will the Chargers be playing in San Diego? I think yes. I still think they'll be here. Okay, we shall find out. Uh, question number two, we talked about uh, your Bachelor connection. What reality show would you actually have the best chance at winning if you were a contestant, Ben Higgins? Easy. Uh, the Amazing Race. That would be my reality show. I think I'm good with directions, travel, following all those crazy instructions. I wouldn't do great in like the bungee jumping type things, but I, <laughs> I assume that I just suck it up and get it done. I don't, I don't like the heights, but it, it wouldn't like be something I would refuse to do. So I get that done. I'd probably have to get in a little better shape beforehand just for some of those really physical ones. But I, I think I would do well. I just don't know who I would do it with. Well, that's the big thing, right, is finding that partner that can help maybe complement your weak spots like bungee jumping and that you could do the same for them. So, well, my, my, my solution, which I, I came up with about six months ago, was Ben Higgins. Oh, be Ben and Ben. I like that. Embracing same, it all. Same name edition of The Amazing Race where two people who don't know each other but have the same name have to do the race together. He's already got the ABC fame. So do I. I mean, just throw it, I guess it's a CBS show, but hey, we can get we can work through that. Yeah, and do a, a reality show together. I smell money. That's a great idea. Start printing the T-shirts <laughs> now. Um, question number three for you, Ben. Uh, since you've been covering uh, the sports professionally, so not when you're a kid or a fan, what has been your favorite San Diego sports year, like a calendar year? Oh, I've never really thought about. A specific year, but I definitely go back. I would say there was a lot of heartbreak, but I would say 2007 was pretty amazing um, with the Chargers going to the AFC Championship game and the Padres got to that game 163, heartbreaking loss to the Colorado Rockies. That was pretty entertaining, I must say. Uh, I like that one a lot. Um, Going back like my whole life, though, boy, 1984 was really cool. You know, I was oh, I, I, I was still a kid, but you were kind of still you were at the tail end of the Dan Fouts. It was era was just ending, but you had the Padres going to the World Series and uh, with Tony Gwynn early in his career, which was absolutely awesome. I was a diehard fan, as I still remain to this day. But that was 1984 is like the year if you're a San Diego sports fan. Right. So 84 for the fan and then 07 for your, your professional career. Two good ones. Yeah. Two good ones. Um, number four, you're a big golfer too, right? You still keeping up on the links? Try to. You know, when right. I, as I told you, not a lot of time. And yeah, golf yeah. Is time consuming, but when I, I can. It. All right. So question four, who's your dream golf foursome? Anyone living, dead? Who's the people you're taking out on the course of shoot 18? Well, I love playing and watching great players compete. So I know some people would do, oh, I want Abraham Lincoln. I don't want to play golf with Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> it would be terrible to play golf with. I hear his slice is just un unforgivable. Uh, no, I, I do not want to play golf with Abraham Lincoln or Martin Luther King Jr. I'm sorry. Call me shallow. Uh, I want to play with really great golfers. I'd like to play with Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods and Jordan Spieth. That would be a really cool foursome to play golf with. There you go. And I'm sure you wouldn't have to pay for a single drink afterward, uh, even with the low yeah. score. Oh, yeah. I'm sure I'd win, I'd win <laughs> all the, the skins. I'd <laughs> win, win all the skins in that matchup. But that would be so fun to play with real awesome golfers in a round like that. Nice. All right. Last question in the fun five. Question number five. 
I put all the San Diego sports media personalities, and you know them well, you interact with them throughout the year at different events and covering different things. I put everyone in a decathlon. Who's taking the gold medal? Boy, a decathlon of San Diego sports media. Now, like an actual physical decathlon. Uh, Maybe not the specific events in the Olympic decathlon because, you know, no one knows how to actually pole vault, but like like an assortment of 10 athletic competitions. So like a free throw competition, a football spiral accuracy, something along those lines. The most athletic member of the San Diego sports media. Wow. I mean, now, right, you know, I'd have to go with someone like Nick Hardwick, who's joined the scene. Yeah, that's a like good... straight off of his NFL career. Right, it's like got in better shape <laughs> since he stopped being an NFL player. He's just he's now still just as ripped, but not quite as heavy because he's not an offensive lineman anymore. So I think that's uh, that's probably the safe answer. As for the more media types and not the ex-athletes, I always, uh, you know, uh, my Channel 8 competitor, Kyle Krasko, had that horrible thing happened to him last year where he got shot and had the whole trial. He's already in fantastic shape. Again, the guy was just fit. And I think he'd be a pretty good athletic competition to go up against in San Diego sports media as well. All right. I don't have many strings to pull our connections, but I may try and get this done and we'll see who actually comes out on top some point down the road. Um, ben Higgins. Thanks so much, man. If, this if was my a blast. invitation got lost, I wouldn't be that sad. About <laughs> All right. Well, we'll blame the post office for that. Uh, if it does come to it, um, Ben plug, whatever you want to plug, where can people find you, uh, specifically besides everything you've already touched on, uh, plug something. All right. Uh, find me on uh, channel 10, usually weeknights and Sundays, uh, six to 11. We have a lot of fun on that Sunday night show. It's if you don't like to stay up late on Sunday night, set your DVR, I watch it on Monday. Usually have some good guests talk about good topics. Uh, so that's Valley View Casino and Hotel Sports Extra. And follow me on Twitter at Ben Higgins SD because I'll tell you where everything else is if you just come to me there. And then you can find it all from the Twitter handle. Perfect. All right, Ben Higgins, thanks so much. This was awesome. And I definitely look forward to chatting with you some more. Appreciate you taking the time. Always, Mike. That was fun. All right. And make sure you folks to check out MikeJanella.com to find all previous episodes of the show. Also head to iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, anywhere you can find podcasts. You'll find this one. Like, subscribe, download, do all that fun stuff. If you go to my website, you'll also find information on the great outro music you're hearing right now. My thanks once again to Ben Higgins. And thanks to you for tuning in. We'll try and do better next time. See ya.